Welcome to Advent Christian Voices with the Renewed Church Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Rose. I'm joined by everyone's favorite communications director slash church health guy, Grandmaster Flash, Justin Nash. What's up, Justin? So much. Just happy to be here, man. Just happy to... What was what it Andy Rice said? Just happy to be alive. <laughs> Just happy to be alive, yeah. Uh, that's setting the bar pretty uh, pretty low, I think. Um, well, oh, you know, before, my, my, my motto is have low expectations and you'll never be disappointed. So. Yeah. So our goal today is just not to stink up the joint. So if we right, do anything yeah. other than that, we're, we're set off pretty good. Great. Um, so you know what we're trying to do today, Justin? I think we're talking about pastoral health and caring for your pastor. That's true. But that's the micro uh, look. That's, that's, that's us dialing in. But our goal in the Renewed Church podcast is that we are seeking to lead the discussion while providing practical advice on church health in, among Advent Christian churches. I did not forget the full intro today. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I needed a pat on my back. I needed a pat on my back. By the way, today's episode is brought to our spot, brought to you by our sponsors, uh, the AC Witness, uh, edited, edited and put together by Justin Nash. Um, they are paying us to, to say this. So you can actually get uh, your subscription to the AC Witness for how much? How, how much is it, Justin? It is a whopping $16 a year. What? That's that's nothing, man. Right. It's nothing. It's absolutely And what's our, what's our special for the audience? If they use the code Justin Nash, what, what's the deal that they get? Um, if somebody actually listens to this, $12 a year. It's Wait, what? Are you serious? I was just kidding. I, uh, listen, uh, if you are listening to this podcast, I legitimately just put Justin on the spot. I was, I was kidding. The AC witness is not our sponsor, but, um, you know what, Justin put me down $12, uh, using our special code, Justin Nash. For a year's subscription, you already get it. That's just going to be for new subscribers. So, oh man! So if you're already subscribing to the witness, uh, too bad, so sad. You're paying the regular price of sixteen dollars, which is still a great deal, by the way. The last couple, in fact, uh, Justin gave me the honor of writing an article in was it the the previous one or the or two ones prior to that? We're discussing. I think it was two issues ago. Yeah. And that was, that was a great honor, man. When you asked me at Triennial to, to write that article, I was really humbled by that. So thank you. But there's some, great, Oh, well, thank you. You uh, and producer Tom both did excellent, excellent job. Uh, Tommy boy uh, in the background. We usually spend a few moments before the podcast, just giving each other a hard time. And uh, uh, today we're giving Tom a hard time as well. So we have articles in here from, from Clayton Blackstone, David Alves, Hazel Blackstone, Lisa Russell, Rachel Bohm and Paul Dean. But my favorite article, you know what my favorite article on this whole issue was? No. Justin? Uh, it's called From the Editor, What's So Special About a Pastor? And it has this beautiful picture of, of just this gorgeous man. Uh, and his name would be Justin Nash. So. Alrighty. Now let's, let's move on, shall we? All right. So, Justin, our first uh, question today is why do churches need to care for their pastor? Yeah, I think it's something that a lot of churches don't think about, but I, I thought about this a little bit on the way in this morning. And 
I think as we think about Christ as the head of the church, the church universal and the local church, I feel like in so many ways, the pastor is really the heart of the church. Mm-hmm. And so the church is going to follow leaders, leadership and, and be kind of a reflection of where your leaders are. So if your pastor's not thriving, if he's not healthy or she's not healthy and, and you're in, then the church is not going to be healthy. The church is not going to be in a good place. And I think a lot of churches fail to realize that connection sometimes that if their pastor is not healthy, then they're probably not going to be healthy either. And so that would be really kind of the key reason they really need to focus on it. Sort of, there's a lot of self-interest in doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought there was, I, I thought Clayton Blackstone's article in uh, in the most recent, the witness that we were just talking about was so powerful in talking about this. Um, he, you know, he offers up his own um, personal crises that happened along the way in, in his ministry. And there's this quote that stands out uh, on page five. And he says, may every pastor in crisis be afforded such grace from the congregation he serves. Uh, he and Hazel, you know, and their family were going through um, a crisis of their own. Um, they discussed it a little bit in that issue. So um, a uh, plug right there, if you want to call up Justin Nash and try and get a copy of The Witness, hopefully they're not all sold out and t- you can read more. But they go through this this crisis, this family crisis, and the church really helped support them through that. He even, I think, mentions that um, he thought about resigning at that time, and he was encouraged by by other spiritual leaders within the church to say, Hey, no, you stay where you are. Let's, let's help you through this, this, um, this crisis that, that your family is going through. And I just thought that was so powerful. And I think it illustrates for us that pastors are humans, right? That pastors aren't super Christians. They're not, um, they're not necessarily more spiritual just by the, 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 their call or anything like that, but they're susceptible to the same issues that any other family are susceptible to. Yeah, I think that's like kind of calls back to our discussion we had with with Andy Rice. This idea of we've got to get away from the idea of pastor as employee and see mm-hmm. pastor as family member. And the way we come around a pastor and his family, particularly in times of crisis, but even not in times of crisis, just in times of it, just taking care of them because it's mm-hmm. the, the Christ-like thing to do to care for one another. And so it's, it's so important. And then when you look at statistics on, on pastoral attrition and pastoral burnout, I mean, it's so high. And it really affects the church adversely in so many ways, because if you're constantly turning over pa- a pastor every three or four years, it can just be devastating to a, the impact of a ministry in the place of a ministry. It can really, really just put the church in a place of, of, uh, of unfruitfulness and even dysfunction a lot of times. And so care for our pastors is so important. And I, I think people just don't understand the the rigors of the job. Mm-hmm. It, it is a difficult job in, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard because a lot of people look to you as a spiritual leader for the whole, for the whole church, right? And they, they expect you to be their prayer warrior. They expect you to be at their bedside when they're sick or, or going in for surgery. They expect you to preach and not only just preach, but preach the lights out sometimes. And um, that's that's a lot to and take care of the administrative responsibilities of the church and sometimes be the janitor and mow the law and do all these things, especially in small churches. Um, that's a lot. That's that's a lot for one person. And it can 
often be a lonely job as well, a lonely place to be. You're almost on an island sometimes where if you're not connecting with other leaders or have people that you're accountable to, it can be very easy to fall into sin. You know, we last several years, we've seen some very prominent pastors um, fall into uh, fall into sinful situations, get led into temptation, and, and they just had a lack of accountability. Um and and obviously that's a way that you can help care for your pastor. I would think is is help keep them accountable in, in a godly sense. Yeah, I mean, I think the goal ought to be obviously if you have your pastor in a situation where they're they're burnt out or they're and have reached this crisis point, that you certainly want to extend as much grace and compassion and generosity and patience as you can. I think the ultimate goal there though is to keep keep them out of that situation to treat them well day to day a month in and month out and care for them in such a way that they don't arrive at that point. And that's really the goal. And that's really what our goal would be to try to, to advocate for pastors and, and encourage churches to do. And don't just appreciate your pastor in October. Uh, appreciate your pastor every day, all the time. Yeah. And I would encourage our listeners, and, and this really isn't a plug for, for AC witness, but, they're, the first two articles there that are written by David Alves and, and Clayton Blackstone, that the, they kind of share some of their own stories of per, of either burnout or, or crises that happened in their ministry. And I just thought that was really helpful for me to, as a young pastor to see these older guys. Um, to me, it was almost like they were mentoring me through these articles and just kind of just saying, hey, watch yourself and, and engage with your church to see how you can better care for yourself. Because it's no one wins if the church expects you to work 80 hours a week and not take vacation and not be with your friend. Like no one wins in that, in that scenario. Um, so I just, I thought that was really helpful. So I really encourage people to read those two articles. Yeah. You say that it reminds me of a story. I was talking to a pastor one time he's a pretty fairly successful pastor and he was sort of seeking the Lord's will. If he ought to move to another church and he goes to this other church and he's in the interview process and he kind of gets up in front of the whiteboard and he says, OK, what do you expect the pastor to do at this church? And he, he writes it all down on the whiteboard and and then he writes and he says, well, what do you think the time expectation is on each of these things? And so they they work through everything. And I think at the end, it was something like 110 hours a week. That's it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's like, you know, that's not terribly realistic. And I don't know. I mean, he wound up not going there. And I don't know if that was the, the reason or whatever. But but it was just a good example of what people's expectations are from the past. Because when you were when you pastor a church, you is you almost it's like having however many bosses or the attendance. Right. Yeah. So if there are 50 people in attendance, it's almost like you have 50 different bosses. Mm. I think the way things are set up a lot and that can be really stressful for a pastor trying to trying to to balance and navigate all the different personalities, all the different hurts and crises. And, and sometimes just people who are just real, just really demand a lot of attention. Um, mm -hmm. Some people need a lot of attention. Really it's a need, but some people just demand a lot of attention. And, and so you can, it is going to be really a tough thing. And the demands are so super high and for churches to look for opportunities to alleviate some of that, whether that's realistic goals mm -hmm. for the pastor or whether it's recruiting help. And uh, I think, 
I, I may be jumping ahead a little bit because I don't remember the order of the questions, but, uh, <laughs> but like one of the things that comes to mind is making sure you come alongside the pastor and as, as leaders, whether you have deacons or elders or whatever you call your leadership group there at your church and kind of however they function, but to have these people who come alongside and, and take burden off the pastor that to do some of the visitation, to do even some of the teaching perhaps, or even the preaching sometimes, or do the administrative duties to just allow the the pastor. Because when I think of a pastor, I kind of think of it as sort of two primary jobs, and that's preaching and teaching and shepherding. Mm-hmm. And the preaching and teaching part is really, it's, a, it's incredibly time intensive if you do it well, uh, but it's not nearly as stressful as the shepherding part. And I think that shepherding part is where you really, Man, it can just be so, so hard. Well, and not to get down this path, because this is probably a, a different podcast, um, but our shepherding, I think, informs our preaching as well. Mm-hmm. So we can we can better, and I know that just from my own, my own perspective in pastoring, is that as I've gotten to shepherd people, I learn how to speak to them better, you know, through my preaching. Absolutely. Hey, cool. Absolutely. Before, before we move on to our last question um, for today's podcast, that church that you were talking about that the pastor got up with the whiteboard and whatnot, mm-hmm. what was their, what would you say their average pastoral tenure was? Do, do you know? I really don't know. Cause I don't, I don't know what the church was. He was just telling me the story. Okay. Churches like that, that have unrealistic expectations. That's why I think it, it, it's one important, you know, to, to have um, what are, what are daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly expectations of the pastor. You know, if you expect the pastor to, if you're a church of 200 people and expect the pastor to have an intimate relationship with every person in that congregation, that's just whole, that's just totally unrealistic um, because you just can't, there's not, it's humanly impossible. No one has the bandwidth to have that many um, relationships, but typically churches that have those types of unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, expecting their pastor to work in upwards of, of a hundred hours a week, they're the ones who have some of the shortest pastor pastoral tenure. So, and that's not good as we talked sure. about before. Um, so what are some practical ways a church can care for their pastor? Well, I think there's, there's really all sorts of ways and, and some of it depends on, for instance, where the pastor is in, in their life and in family life. If it's a pastor with uh, a family, with a young family, then uh, simple things like offering to care for their kids so um, so the pastor and spouse can can go out for can go out to eat it's making sure that their needs are met financially I mean, pastoring is not is not a lucrative uh, field generally especially not in, in in our context and it's 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 remarkable the amount of pastors that really live, I mean, in poverty almost. And just so making sure that you're compensating your pastor fairly. And, and that's, that's a huge thing. Um, things that don't cost money, though, you can do things like give them an extra week of vacation. Mm. Uh, you know, give them a, just give them a Sunday off sometime, pay for a guest speaker to come in and, and to say, here, you just, you can just rest this week. Uh, I think be understanding of, uh, allow them to protect their their personal and family time. 
I don't know how many pastors I've heard story after story that they had a family vacation planned, a big family vacation plan, and some crisis came up in the church and they had to they had to cancel it. And mm-hmm. they're going to the beach, and and so this kind of devastates their their kids. Uh, treat their families well. I think that's something we're going to talk about more in depthly. But uh, make sure you you love and, and treat their families fairly, especially their children if they have children and don't really have any different expectations for them than you do for any other kids in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just. I think your idea of of forcing your pastor, if you want to put it that way, to, to have some accountability in Mm. in his or her life to say, okay, who's speaking into your life? Who are you listening to? No, you still need all my notes from the podcast. Oh no, I'm not even looking at them. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Just so the audience knows I have, I have a Google doc that Justin and I, or Justin never looks at it. I'm the only, I send it to him all the time. He never looks at it or edits anything. I, mean, I simply just write out notes for the podcast. And, and I don't know, maybe you and I are too much alike because you're sharing a lot of the same things I have on there. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Well, I'll let you share that. I'll, I'll say one final thing. And in some <laughs> ways, this may be the single most important thing. And that's pray for your pastor. Mm. Um, pray for your pastor and his family or her family. I, just constantly. I mean, and not just please bless pastor so-and-so. I mean, really pray for them and, and ask them and say, Hey, how can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. And then when you do pray for them, let them know that means the world to yeah. so come in and say, Hey, Pastor, I'm praying for you. And this is what I prayed for you this morning. In some ways, that may be one of the biggest and most important things you can do mm-hmm. because this really is a war we're in. And, and that prayer is, is so vital to, to ministry and for encouragement and strength for your pastor. So, can't encourage you enough to, to pray, to try to pray as specifically. Uh, and consistently as possible, and then when you do, let your pastor know. Yeah, I so uh, I think those are all really solid. I I have a few, and there's some overlap here, but I have some specific examples. So one, I, I've written down care for him and their family financially, uh, which you which you briefly hit on. Um, but I just wanted to share this. I know of at least one pastor, and this probably isn't the only one, but just one that I've known uh, who shared this with me that during their tenure at a church, um, they were without heating oil because they didn't have enough money. And the, he had to go to the church and ask if he could get a second job so he could pay for heating oil for, Mm -hmm. for his family. And he had, he had small children and whatnot. So that's, that's definitely not good. Um, and uh, I think the pastor that had preceded him, uh, didn't have a young, so they didn't have a lot of the other expenses and whatnot that, that a young family has. So that's one way. Just don't have unrealistic expectations of your pastor to if, if you can't live off the amount that your pastor's getting paid, then then they're not going to live off of it either. Um, encourage them to spend time with a mentor or confidant, um, whoever that might be. So find, I think it's I think it's critical for the leaders of the church to know that the pastor has a mentor or a confidant someone that they that they go to, they don't need to know what they discuss with that person, but they need to know mm-hmm. that that pastor at least has a person like that and that they're engaging with them on a regular basis. Um, vote in biblically qualified elders and or deacons. So obviously I'm voting qualified people, um, but I, 
make sure that that the folks that are surrounding they're going to have the most input in leading the church that they're biblically qualified and they're they're sound because it's going to be very difficult for the pastor to work with those who the church looks to as as their leaders but they're not even biblically qualified or or they don't know the first thing about um about the bible you know or or about how to faithfully serve god then I would look at asking them to excel in the areas they're good at and, you know, help them discover. Maybe they don't know right away what they're good at, but help them discover that and and help them in the areas that aren't so good. So that might mean getting additional staff, depending on the size of your church. But maybe it just means a concerted volunteer effort to help fill those gaps in which the pastor isn't doesn't excel in. Because when they don't excel in those areas, they're going to get exhausted more quickly. So you can help protect your pastor from burnout by help filling those gaps. Now, he might be trying to improve in those areas, and that's good. Like there are things that I'm not so good at that I try to improve in, but uh, it would definitely be a crisis if I didn't have people helping fill those gaps. So um, you talked about vacation time. I think that that can be key. And I would say making sure that the pastor takes vacation um, this is probably one of the greatest sins in my life, which I recognize is that I don't take vacation. Um, I, I, that's a serious issue that I have. And so in the army, it was easy because they'd force you to take vacation. Once you hit a certain amount, you could only bank at, at that time. It was like 60 or 75 days uh, of vacation and carry that over. After that, you had to use your days. It is so easy in the church to not take vacation. It is so easy, and it's almost celebrated, uh, which I think is as equally sinful. Uh, allow them to have a flexible schedule. I think that that can be helpful as well. So my church is, I'm very grateful they allow me to have a flexible schedule. I like having certain office hours and whatnot um, where people know that I'm going to be in the office, but having some flex in there, especially with young kids and a wife that works, I wouldn't be able to serve where I am if I didn't have that flex time. Um, and like you said, pray for them. I think that that's key. I don't think that that can be uh, overvalued. I think that that is, that is, or undervalued. I don't know. I, I don't think that that can be valued enough, if that makes sense. So I, I think that's, that's super important. I had an individual who um, I did his funeral last year and probably about six months before that, you know, I was visiting him on a, on a regular basis. He was in and out of out of rehab facilities and whatnot, um, you know, from old age. And I remember him, you know, oh, pastor, you know, it's, it's been so long since I've been to church and, you know, I feel, you know, kind of like kind of trying to share his own guilt, you know? And, mm -hmm. and um, I was just like, brother, like, don't worry about it. Like we're praying for you. You have, you're ill. And he's like, you know, and they were in financial dire straits for a long time. And f what I, what I told him was, I know, you can't financially give to the church and don't worry about it. But what I need from you is I need you to pray for me. And I knew uh, as he was pretty much an invalid at this point, And I knew that he was praying for me on a regular basis. And it, and it really strengthened me and, and encouraged me. So pray for your pastor. You know, even you might not have all the time in the world. You might not have all the money in the world. You might not have all these different resources, but you can pray. And I think that that's powerful. So. Uh, Justin, do you have any parting shots before we, uh, before we sign off? No, I think the only other thing I would just encourage churches is, um, be willing to show your pastor the same amount of grace you'd expect from him. 
in in terms they're not they're not going to be again, you mentioned it earlier pastors are people they're going to make mistakes but be gracious be patient be merciful <laughs> uh and, and and if they mess up then say that's okay we we still love you and we still support you and we still trust you don't don't let one bad decision or or one even if they lose their temper or something in a meeting uh, don't don't let that define who who they are and how you interact with them. But just but sh- but show them a fair amount of grace because it is a difficult job and it's a difficult job that people who've never been in ministry, who've never pastored, really can't understand fully. So, yeah, thanks, Justin. Uh, um, I I thank you, Justin, for the work that you're doing in, in our denomination as far as church revitalization or renewal. If you don't know, Justin is currently going to school to get a, a master's degree that focuses on church health and revitalization. Um, he's well-read. He uh, does a lot of research and he's a wealth of, of a lot of knowledge. Uh, I don't think, I don't think there's many things that Justin and I uh, disagree on. There are probably a few, I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but I, I think Justin's just solid in this area. So use him. Um, the code for, for uh, the special AC witness code, according to Justin Nash, is Justin Nash. And if you are a new subscriber to the AC witness, you can get a year subscription for $12. Uh, Justin, do you know off the top of your head, what are the next one or two issues, the themes of those issues? So uh, as a matter of fact, I do. Uh, so the issue that we're, work- that we're working on now will be on reaching the unreached. So oh. it, it, it will be it will actually have a, uh, most of the, the issue is actually first person accounts of okay. people, m- many of them uh, Advent Christians who are actually ministering in unreached places around the world, places unreached around the gospel. In fact, uh, for we have almost zero biographies in this issue because we can't print their names because of where they're serving. So we're very excited about that, uh, wow. that this next issue. And then the issue after that, we are actually changing the format of the witness a little bit, but our cover story will be on uh, church planting, uh, why it's wow. important. And then there'll be a follow-up uh, article, a, a supplementary article to that about uh, basically why every church needs to think about investing in church planting. So we will wow. actually be uh, be changing it, uh, the magazine, a little bit, uh, actually quite a bit, in January, try to freshen it up, give it a, a new look and some new content. Well, I'm pretty excited about that. So thanks, Justin. Thanks for all your work. And hey, audience, hope we didn't mess it up. We'll try and do better next time. Take care and God bless.